0: Thank you! We love you, too, and we're proud of what we've been able to do in the state of Florida. But it's important to understand, none of this was preordained. If you go back to November of 2018, I emerged the winner of a very hard-fought election, had a lot of uh, winds blowing against us, media, you name it. We won that race by about a half a percentage point. We won by a total net votes of about 32,000 votes in a state of, at that time, probably about 21 million people. And the demography of our state was such that there were 300,000 more registered Democrats in Florida than Republicans. Well, fast forward to this November, and not only did we win re-election, instead of 32,000 votes, we won by 1.5 million vote margin. The largest margin for any governor race in Florida history, nearly 20% of the vote margin, and we got the highest percentage of the vote that any Republican governor candidate has received in the history of the state of Florida. By election day 2022, whereas we had been in the whole almost 300,000 registrations, we had our election where we were up 300,000 registrations over the Democrats. The first time in our history that we've had more registered Republicans and Democrats. And today, less than 90 days after that election, when we were up 300,000 registrants, Republicans are now up (laughs) 410,000 registrants. We also stand here today as the nation's fastest growing state. We stand here today as the na- as the state leading the nation in net in migration not just last year but over the last few years. We are number 1 in the country in education freedom. We are number one in the country in parental involvement in education, and we are number one in the country in public higher education. Many of you know we have no income tax, and hence we have one of the lowest per capita tax burdens of any state in these United States, as well as one of the lowest debt burdens of any state per capita in these United States. And we're currently enjoying the largest budget surplus in the history of the state of Florida. So, so, so how did we get here? Because uh, I think it's a lesson that can be replicated in other states and, and throughout the country. So I take office in January of 2019. And a lot of people were saying, look, uh, you know, it was a very close election very closely divided state. And in fact, if you look at the decade leading into me getting elected governor, 2010, governor race, one point margin. 2012, presidential race, one point margin. 2014, governor race, one point margin. 2016, presidential, one point margin. And of course, mine was even less than one point. So that's the political terrain that you're facing. People said, you know, you gotta probably trim your sails a little bit. Uh, You gotta understand that this was a very close election and uh, and just be mindful of that. And my view was, you know, I may have gotten 50% of the vote, but I earned 100% of the executive power and I intend to use it. I intend to use it because I had an agenda that I had pledged that I would that I would pursue, but I also intended to use it because I knew successfully implementing that agenda would lead me much higher uh, than 50% uh, in the future. Now, to do this, I made the decision, I am not doing any polls. Uh, the polls can tell you maybe a snapshot. I don't even think they ask the right questions. A poll does not tell you what the result of leadership is. I could poll this room about something. That's a snapshot in time. What I'm interested in is if I set the vision and execute the vision and produce results, then what are people gonna say? So we never use polls and people say, well, how do you know? You kinda gotta test like like what's going on. I'm out and about all the time, so I talk to people. But one of the things I use just for feedback is, you know, if I'm doing things and the legacy media is upset and they're attacking me, I know I am on the right track. I made sure to get all the different authorities that I had, constitutional, statutory, customary. What can I do alone? What do I need the legislator for? What can I do vis-a-vis local governments, like removing these election officials? So we knew uh, the powers, and that's important because you're an executive. You're not the, the king. You're part of a constitutional system, so you have an agenda. And you gotta get the agenda to stick. So you gotta know what levers to pull and you gotta know where the, where the potential landmines are. So we understood that um, on day one. And we also uh, had the view that I'm not just gonna sit back and, and hope that good things happen or be reactive to what the media is doing. I'm going on offense. We're going on offense every single day. And we made a big impact in that first year. And people were like, wow, this is uh, uh, what Hamilton called energy in the executive. And we were proud of that. Then COVID hit. And that kind of upended everything that that was going on. And and I was in a situation, given our state's unique demographics, one of the largest states in the country, massive metro areas all across the country, one of the most elderly populations uh, in the country, that I was targeted by the media because they wanted Florida to fail. And so we, as a leader, had to make the decision. Because, you know, the safe thing to do is to just say, you know, these health bureaucrats are telling me I've got to do all these things, so I'm just going to do that and I'm going to say, what do you want me to do? That's what the medical people are saying. But that wasn't the way I saw it. You know, I believe when President Eisenhower gave his farewell address, he got it right. He said that, you know, with science and government research and all this stuff being intermingled, there's a danger that public policy itself could become captive captive to what he called a scientific technological elite. He warned against that. He warned, it was basically warning against people like Dr. Fauci, because they do not have, because they do not have the capacity to get outside their narrow window and understand all the different competing factors in society, it's really up to the leader, the elected leader, the statesman, to harmonize all those different things. And so we made the decision, uh, we are going to defy the experts, we are not going to allow the state of Florida to descend into some type of Faucian dystopia. Now, this was something that was not necessarily the smart thing to do politically. Because if you go back to April, May, June 2020, it was mass hysteria. Uh, anytime you were doing, thinking for yourself, they were, come after, they were coming after me big time. I had a lot of my own supporters saying, man, you gotta do something different because you are getting hammered day in and day out. Uh, but my view on all that was, as a leader, I got to look out for the people that elected me. I got to look out for their jobs, and I have to prefer their interests over my own interests. So I didn't know what the politics would do. I thought maybe it would end up being bad for me, but I was perfectly willing to accept those consequences if I knew in my heart I was doing what was right. And, and the funny thing happened that what the people of Florida saw, even though, you know, if you looked at these polls and the media would put out, the businesses, the schools, everything we did, uh, I was on the wrong side of opinion, according to what people were saying. But you know, what I think the people of Florida saw is this guy knows his stuff. Uh, He's got the vision. He's standing his ground. Uh, He's not backing down. And after a few months later, people had been converted and we started to develop a culture of Florida that, yes, you know, we are doing it different, um, and we're the free state of Florida. So that was a huge, huge test. We all had to face it. But we're proud of being, being one of the few uh, who stood up when it really, really counted. And I think if Florida had not done what we did, uh, I think the lockdowners would have won. Uh, I think the vax mandates would have won. And I think this country would be less free than it is today. But that's just not, that's not really the only way, reason why we're the free state of Florida. What I tell people, and I think most of you know, that freedom is under attack not just by what happens in the halls of legislatures, not even just what happens at the hands of our bureaucracy, which is really serious, but you have leftist ideology that has taken over so many institutions in our society. You see it in K-12 education, higher education, corporate America, tech, all these different things and they're trying to impose an agenda that is antithetical to our founding principles and to the survival of freedom. So in Florida we believe a key part of freedom is to protect our people from the pathologies of the left being shoved down their throat in institution after institution and so we're on offense across all of those institutions. We believe our K-12 school system should be about classical education, not political indoctrination. We've led the nation on school choice and we are expanding that this year. We are also the only state that I know of that's taking on school unions. We are gonna institute paycheck protection for all teachers in the state of Florida. We have banned critical race theory in our K through 12 schools. Because we're not gonna teach our kids to hate our country or to hate each other, especially on your taxpayer's dime. And when we had a recent thing where the college board was proposing a new AP course in African American studies, we looked and we said, okay, there's three sections. And then there's a fourth section, which is Marxist studies. They had queer theory, they had gender ideology, they had reparations, they had BLM, they had all this stuff. And so, I don't think Florida was the only state that actually found that objectionable, clearly doesn't follow our standards. But we were the only state willing to stand up publicly and fight it. And The reason is very simple. You know the reason, the minute we did that, what were they saying about me? Calling you names, doing this, doing that. But we cannot allow the left to have a veto over us doing what's right just because they're gonna call you bad names. And we don't allow that in the state of Florida. So we stood up and the College Board took the woke out. So that is a victory for education in this country. We've also been on the front lines on fighting gender ideology in our schools. We even had a little kerfluffle with a company that has a a little bit of a footprint in the state of Florida. They didn't like the fact that we were saying no to sexualizing young kids and having gender ideology. And a lot of people said we couldn't do this because they're too powerful, and they always get their way. But we had news for them. They don't run the state of Florida. We run the state of Florida. So we signed it in the law. We did what was right. And we fought back, and now because we did that this week, next week, sometime in the next few weeks, I'll be signing legislation that will finally and permanently remove Disney's self-governing status in the state of Florida. They're gonna pay their fair share of taxes. They're gonna pay the debts and nobody in Florida is gonna to have to pay more and it's very important, and you know, when I was doing that, there was a, there was a big uh, spasm with the media and what they tried to say is, oh, DeSantis standing up because Disney, they're too powerful, he can't do it, I did it, and then like, well, the Disney employees are gonna penalize him for standing up against, against that. Well, most Disney employees live in Osceola County and a Republican governor candidate hasn't won that in quite some time, uh, until me, and we want it going away. So, it just shows you, We're proud of what we're doing, what we have done, and what we continue to do to reform higher education in this country and in our state. Um, The purpose of higher education somehow has devolved into the imposition of a particular ideology and to using these institutions to promote political activism and social justice. That is not the proper purpose of a university. is about the pursuit of truth. It's about academic rigor. It's about giving students the foundation so they can think for themselves about great issues that come before our society. And I reject this idea that if we're bringing accountability to higher education, somehow that's a misuse of government. These are public institutions that are funded by the taxpayer. They don't have the right to do whatever the heck they want to do with your money. So we're bringing accountability. We've already enacted reform to tenure. Now in the state of Florida, all tenured professors must undergo review once every five years and can be let go by the Board of Trustees. And we have civics institutes that have been put in three of our universities modeled after what's happened in Princeton with Robbie George, but we are going to this year put reforms in so that those institutes can hire people directly through the Board of Trustees so that the current faculty don't have an ideological veto over the people that we're bringing in to teach. You may have heard, uh, you probably never heard of this place before two months ago, but more recently, we had a small liberal arts college in Sarasota called New College. Uh, I didn't know what it was when I first became governor. I worked, I said, can we close it? And uh, we didn't didn't quite get that done. So I said, all right, we got to do something with it. Supposed to be the premier, liberal arts honors college in the state of Florida. But instead, uh, it's basically like Marxist studies, left of left, I mean, just totally unproductive. And so we put seven conservative board members at the university. (laughs) They've replaced the president. And they have a mission to turn it into whatever it is now into the premier classical liberal arts education in all of the United States. We announced this year, and we'll get it done through the legislature in our upcoming session, and I think we'll be the first state to do this, the elimination of all DEI bureaucracies and bureaucrats in every university and college in the state of Florida. This is basically like Maoist in what they're doing by trying to impose this type of leftist ideology and worldview. Bad enough when that's in the classroom, but to make that the official policy of the administrations in all these universities. And so this has grown like wildfire all throughout the state, all throughout the country. Um, and in the state of Florida, um, it's about to die a sudden death. And the universities are important because if you think about what we're dealing with with corporate wokeness, the corporate wokeness is a direct result of what's been going on in these universities for the last 20 years. These are people that came up, They all share the same overall worldview, and they try to impose that uh, through the economic sphere. This would not have been something we would have been concerned about probably 40, 50 years ago, but now it's a huge, huge issue. So in Florida, we're leading the fight against things like ESG, what they're trying to do. And it's not just that it's bad policy. It is bad policy. The idea that we're gonna do windmills and solar for energy is absurd but it's more than just what policies. What they're trying to do is distort constitutional government. These are policies that could not be enacted through the normal constitutional process. They're trying to do an end run around that, pool their economic might, and then impose this on our society with no accountability from anywhere. So what I've said repeatedly is in the state of Florida, Policies like you see in Davos, at the World Economic Forum in these places, those policies are dead on arrival here in Florida. And we've got more to do in the corporate sphere. We're gonna do anti-discrimination in the financial institutions so that they can't discriminate against gun shop owners or Christians and their banking practices. We're going to protect employees from having to suffer through these discriminatory DEI trainings in the corporate sphere. It's totally ridiculous. And we're also going on offense in other places that the left have got a foothold. Criminal justice. We have Soros funding and electing prosecutors all across this country to ignore the law and put their own people at risk. We had one in Tampa that said he was not going to follow the pro-life laws that we had enacted. And he said that, and he signed a letter to that effect. So I removed him from his post. It is our responsibility and duty in the state of Florida to fight the woke wherever it may be. And so we fight the woke in the corporations. We fight the woke in the halls of the legislature. We fight the woke in the schools and in the university. We will never surrender to the woke mob. The state of Florida is where woke goes to die. Now, we're proud of all that we've been able to do and lead on. I tell you, the indispensable element that we need from elected officials in particular is you can be right on the issues, you can understand them, but you've got to have the courage of your convictions to stand up when it's not easy. Because when you're going after these sacred cows of the left, they don't just take that lying down. They come after you. It's not always easy to have to deal with that. So you gotta be willing to stand strong, not back down, and you gotta be willing to tell it like it is. And I can tell you in Florida, if you ask people about me, people that, that, that like me, but even people that may not have voted for me, they will all acknowledge that I stand for what I believe in and I speak what I believe. And this is just being a straight shooter and being someone that you know what you're gonna get. People respond to that. They're sick of shifty politicians trying to bend to the wind, trying to please everybody. You're not gonna please everybody, but when you recognize that and you do what's right, you end up pleasing a lot more people uh, than you would otherwise thought. So I think what we've shown in the state of Florida is that if you exercise strong leadership, if you implement a bold agenda that are rooted in our common principles, not only can you deliver historic policy results, but you can also win historic political victories. I mentioned uh, the great margin we had and I thank Floridians. We had a lot of great support from pro-life Floridians who were very instrumental in getting us where we were. We won now that we have all the data. We ended up winning over 60% of Latinos in the state of Florida. We won right here in Miami-Dade County, first time in a generation. And not only did we win it, we won it by 11%. Uh, We flipped Palm Beach County for the first time in 40 years. And get this, we even, barely, but we did, we won single women in the state of Florida. Even though even though their entire campaign was spending 10, $10, 20, 30 million dollars attacking me on right to life. And so that shows you uh, that it can be done. And what's happened in Florida, because we've been very clear on all this, we have developed a brand here that we didn't really have, I was born and raised here, I've always loved the state, but we didn't really have that. So we've got a mojo about us, about this freedom focus, and really people revel in the fact that we buck the experts, that we weren't listening to people who ended up being wrong and that we were willing to do it our own way. So what's happened here in Florida is you look around the country, not that many bright spots in terms of some of the stuff that's going on, certainly not a lot of bright spots in Washington DC, certainly not a lot of bright spots in the states that have their own citizens flooding to get out of there to be able to come right here. But Florida really stands as a shining light. We are, carrying on what George Washington called the sacred fire of liberty. Uh, this This is a fire that burned in Independence Hall in 1776 when our founders pledged their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor so that they could establish a new nation conceived in liberty. It's the fire that burned at a cemetery in Gettysburg when the first Republican president pledged to this nation a new birth of freedom. It's the fire that burned on the shores of Normandy when the Band of Brothers showed up to end Nazism and to save freedom in the world. It's the fire that burned on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial when a young preacher said, the Declaration of Independence says what it means and means what it says. It's the sacred fire that burned when a resolute president stood at the gates of the Berlin Wall and said, tear down this wall. We are proof that that fire can burn still. We are proof that that fire can burn not just in Florida, but in other states and indeed everywhere across these United States. Just stand for what's right, just trust in the Lord and don't ever, ever back down. Thank you all, God bless.